with the uh, first selection in the 2005 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Aaron Rodgers, quarterback in California. What was that? This is the show that replays the should-have-beens, could-have-beens, and great what-ifs in sports. This is Replay the Down. What if 49ers had drafted Aaron Rodgers? How different would his career in the NFL look today? This is Replay the Down. I'm your host, Tyler Wessel, here with my friend, Jason Delarusso. What up, everyone? Our third colleague, Nathan, is at a conference this week, so today will be a two-man show, but we will continue on nonetheless, and we'll see Nathan back here next week. Can't wait to have you back, Nate. If you want to jump ahead straight to today's topic, just head over to the 2130 mark, and we'll see you there. Official review. It's official review where we review the officials. Jason, we see officials occasionally get caught in a play, maybe getting tackled or run over by running back or hit with football. But in this past Sunday's Viking Commanders game, Taylor had to keep through a deep pass to Curtis Samuel into triple coverage. It was really a bad decision. The Viking safety was in place for an easy interception. And the official just straight up ran right into him. He had 30 yards ahead of him. He could have just run straight and he ran to the right, right into him. Fortunately for the Vikings, it didn't cost them the game. My question is, is there something that can be done to put into place to prevent this type of thing from happening? Or should they just call the play dead as they do when a punter hits the Jumbotron at Jerry World, for example? What do you think? Uh, for me, uh, Tyler is, can they do situational awareness in the off season training? Some <laughs> sort of situational awareness, but I, I think more to the point, why don't we have more officials? I mean, you know, put them in different places, add more officials to the NFL. Um, I know we always see the huddle with the officials there now, but more officials couldn't be a bad thing, right? I mean, that, that could prevent it. Space them out in the field differently. If you add more officials. Yeah, instead of having I mean, one in the middle of the field, you have two, one on each kind of sideline type of thing, maybe. Exactly, or situ- situational awareness training. Go through yeah. the, <laughs> in the offseason. But lack of that, then I think adding officials may help it. But that was, I mean, that's just a crazy play overall. Yeah. I mean, you don't usually see that happen. And I don't even know what he was thinking in that moment as the play was happening. He just panicked. (laughs) Panicked. Absolute "Ah!" terror. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I'm in the middle of a play. (laughs) Wait, what was he? He's checking his fantasy scores or something? Yeah. What would you do, Tyler? (laughs) I mean, because the rule is the official's part of the field. But to me, and, and so you have to avoid them. And if you happen to have official tough luck. To me, though, like the Jumbotron at Jerry World's part of the field maybe i guess it's done officially and they call that play dead and replay it if a uh a coach uh, i know a couple years ago like mike tomlin was standing on the sideline right right on the edge of play and a player almost ran into him and they threw a flag on him but if if he would have knocked him over i i think the rule is like there's a judgment that if the official thinks he would that player would have you know scored they could have just let him score i'm not i'm not sure exact rule but yeah, you know, to me, how's it? How's that different? I think adding more officials, you you're potentially getting more penalties. I do think at some point you could move the official. We have so many camera angles now, especially with these huge media deals. There's so many camera angles. I mean, there's been talk about adding a sky judge. Like if there's a a, a flag that's thrown and someone up in a box who has multiple camera angles can just rate it down and be like, no, that wasn't a flag. That was not a pass interference or it was a flop on his part. Like he didn't, he wasn't pulled down. I, I think that's reasonable. I think eventually we're going to get there. Cause a lot of people keep talking about having that, um, to overturn really egregious calls, not something that needs to be challenged, but just saying like, Hey guys, that was not a flag. I had a better view of it. From up in my box, air-conditioned box. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I think you're right. I mean, eventually, technology will allow real-time camera angles and replays. And instead of having so many officials on the field, like I was talking about, maybe have less officials and more people up in a box watching the video. And, and With more cameras. Exactly. So, I mean, I think that you're right. That's possibly where it could eventually go. But for the near term, can we get a situational awareness camp for the NFL, everybody? <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the one the one downfall I could see with trying to do fewer officials and having something called from the box. I mean, 
forget something being overturned saying that wasn't a penalty. What if the guy in, in the box says that was a penalty? All of a sudden they just throw a flag up out of nowhere. Who's called it? It it, it removes some of the transparency, I guess, some of some of that, but um to me, get the call right. Get the call right. That's what I, I had to say. Agreed. Okay, Tyler. So moving on from the NFL, let's talk a little NBA. Uh, I guess we really have to address this. Let's talk about Kyrie. Kyrie oh Irvin, everybody. He's been <laughs> in the news lately for again. some things he said. <laughs> yes, again. Um, and it just seems like he can't seem to stay out of the headlines, Tyler, on the court. Um you know, or off the court. So, I mean, there's always something happening with Kyrie. Um, You know, I mean, at this point with everything that's happened with Kyrie and we don't have to go back and document it. I mean, would you, if you were the Nets, would you bring him back, try to buy him out, trade him? I mean, he's become such a distraction and he has for several years now before even like the whole thing with, covid and the vaccines like he was a distraction going from cleveland to boston and then getting out of boston and then i mean it's just just all over the place and i don't really need a guy like that in my locker room especially with durant around who has his own drama that goes on as we've talked about in our uh third episode but yeah it, it it's gotten to a point where maybe it's just better just for them to part ways just buy him out Say say he was cut, would and you were another team, would you take a risk on him adding him to your team? Would you as a Hornets fan who who always needs a star, would you would you bring him into the Hornets? Yes. <laughs> Twenty-six <laughs> points a game, Tyler. That's what I have to say about that. Twenty-six <laughs> points a game. We can people can be forgiven. I believe in multiple chances, Tyler. Bring him to the Hornets. <laughs> okay. What if you're the Warriors? Would you bring him in? I mean, that's if a tougher a situation. Cont- if you're a title contender and you're not desperate for I a mean, star. <laughs> I mean, probably not if you're a title contender. I mean, number one, do you want to mess up chemistry? And number two, I mean, that's that's a whole nother thing, the chemistry. Number two, I mean, do you really need all the, the baggage that Kyrie brings and all the outside distractions if you're trying to win a title? For somebody yeah. like the Hornets that is never close to winning a title, we welcome the distractions. Hey, people are talking about us. Yay. <laughs> no matter what it's about. I mean, is so it like Jerry I mean, Jones mantra, all, all news is good news or are all PR is good PR basically. E- so. Exactly. At least they'd be talking about the Hornets, Tyler. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so for a team like us or some other team that's just wanting to give the playoffs a shot and trying to get there and maybe make a good, um, you know, a good first round out of it. Then, yeah, I mean, you know, it would be definitely worth it. I mean, again, he's 26 points a game. I mean, players are going to say crazy things. This won't be he's not the first athlete that's crazy and says crazy has crazy takes. It's just amplified this day and time with social media, as we all know. And we're more aware of it. And we hear about it every day from a thousand different sources. So it's more amplified, but he is definitely not the first and will not be the last. It's tough because he is very I mean, We've talked about this, like he balled in that finals when Cleveland won uh, and beat the yep. Warriors, came, come back from 3-1. And, and I contend he he was the guy that carried him game six and seven and hit the shot in game seven that really won it. But at some point, it's just like you are just you're just not worth not worth the, yep. the trouble. So, well, I mean, um, would you take him on your heat and, and where you're at right now on the heat? You could use him. I know. I, we could use him, the Heat are not having a good season, but Heat is not at all. I That would become so explosive with Jimmy Butler and with, with <laughs> Pat, Pat Riley and Eric Spolster being so That'd professional. That'd be some fun TV, though. It'd be fireworks. <laughs> it would be fireworks, but I no. I, as, as much as we're struggling beginning of the year, um, part of it's due to injuries, part of it's we lost P.J. Tucker. Uh, I, I probably would not take a risk on it. I, I wanted to at one point, but over the last couple of years, I'm like, this guy just... He's become more more problem than he's worth. Speaking of rough starts, we're about 10% of the way into the season. Uh, and even this early, you can start seeing some trends, some things take shape, uh, and definitely some eyebrow raisers. As of this recording, the Warriors are off to a 4-7 and seven start and out of the play-in. While the Jazz, who just sold off their best players for like 74 draft picks, are sitting at the top of the Western Conference at 9-3. and three. 
who's your bigger surprise? Uh, not the Warriors. I mean, don't we know that it doesn't take until the All-Star break for superstars to start playing in the NBA? I mean, they kind of are just there until the All-Star break. And then they turn it on for the push in the playoffs. I mean, that's typically. So I'm not too worried about the Warriors. Lakers I'm worried about, if I was looking at it. I know that wasn't part of your question. Uh, surprise? <laughs> uh, that jazz? wasn't a surprise I mean, to me, though, based on the last couple of years. <laughs> no, I mean, they're aging, man. They're aging. Yeah. They don't have yeah. a great depth on the bench. I mean, there's lots of problems to Lakers. Warriors I'm not worried about. Again, all-star break, superstars start to show up after the all-star break, so they'll be fine. Jazz, I mean, they, you know, again, they're having a great start to the season. But like with everything in the NBA, look at it when the All-Star break, uh, at the All-Star break and see where everybody's at. And I guarantee you, you know, instead of up being down and down being up, it'll right size itself. And the teams that you think will be there will be there at the end. What do you think? I mean, the Jazz, to me, are a huge surprise. I mean, they traded Donovan Mitchell, who's made Cleveland into a contender. They look great. They won, what, eight in a row at one point. Um, And then they got rid of Gobert, who's – it's a hot mess in Minnesota right now, and they just look disinterested on the court. But the fact that they're they were able to kind of get all those picks, and they're still competing at this high level. I mean, for one, I'm like, I guess they're really not trying to tank. But Danny Ainge is probably like, guys, come on, this le- legit kid is coming out of the draft, the best prospect in years. This <laughs> is not the plan. This is guys. not the plan. <laughs> So uh, we need to make trades. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get More rid of everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah. So to me, the Jazz are a huge surprise for sure. Um, I, I would agree. I think the Warriors will get it together. I think there there's something to be said. Um, you know, Steph and Clay got hurt after you know being at like four finals in a row or something. Like you're playing a whole extra season in, within that time, and I think injuries and and fatigue do even with a long several month break, like that gets to you. So I do think they'll probably pick it up as long as they stay healthy. Um, but yeah, the jazz are surprised. Cleveland's a nice surprise. I think we saw that Nathan would be very excited yeah, to talk Cleveland. about Cleveland, but I think once they got Mitchell, we all thought they could be, re- I think you said they were two, probably two in the East and that's yep. where they're sitting right now. So yep. nice, uh, nice projection there by Jason. So um, still don't bet on my picks, please. No, do not <laughs> bet on our picks. Absolutely do not bet on our picks. <laughs> so let's stay on the same topic but football uh college who's your biggest surprise either positive or negative at this point and we're gonna Uh, we're 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 gonna very much clearly avoid the miami hurricanes in this discussion because we're just not going there (laughs) my poor case is bad (laughs) bad well i'll give you two i'll give you one from my home review uh drake may and unc from a homer perspective I mean, they're, I mean, Drake May looks great. I mean, you know, I wish we could suck as Panthers just one more year because 2024 <laughs> is going to be the year for Drake May. You just said you wanted Arch Manning a couple episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, Drake May is, uh, is before Arch Manning and he looks great. Okay. Uh, and so UNC looks great. We don't have the defense is still a wreck, but they're, they're a nice surprise this year. Yeah. But my overall surprise would probably be Tennessee. Tennessee went sure. in and upset a lot of teams this year, namely Alabama. We saw that and they've been competitive in all the games, even, you know, even though Georgia made them look silly over the weekend. They're yeah. still, I mean, I don't think anybody sitting here would have predicted them in the top five before the start of the season. Or and number so one overall I mean, that's a at cr- one point. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Number one overall at one point. Uh, what's going on with Alabama as well? I mean, that's a surprise. Other I mean, direction. You think, you think about it like they nearly lost to Texas early in the season. Texas A&M had a game winning throw that they could have beat Alabama. And then they have the two other losses. They could be sitting at four losses right now, potentially. That defense granted, they is could, not granted, they also could have beaten they also could have beaten Tennessee and be sitting at more wins. So and, and same thing with LSU. Like they're not getting blown out. They're losing very close games to good top ten teams as well. But um they definitely have not looked as sharp. I don't know if it's all Bryce Young's uh Dr. Pepper commercials and Heisman House commercials or whatever, <laughs> but but like they, they don't look nearly as sharp as we have come to to used to seeing with Alabama over the last decade or so. Um, mm. To me, the, the big question I just mentioned, or the, the big surprise is, uh, I just mentioned them was Texas A&M. Uh, I think with all the stud recruits they bring in all this year five of Jimbo, and they've really fallen flat. 
And I'm not that a Jimbo not fan. Look good by at the all. Way. I'm not a Jimbo fan either. I think he rode Dalvin Cook and Jameis, two generational mm-hmm. college players, in the same. I think he rode that to a lot of big contracts. But um, it's. I think it goes to show, and we talked about this in our Saban episode. So make sure to check that out. You Saban is a good coach. He's not just a recruiter. Regardless of of how he gets his talent, he can coach them up and develop them. Jimbo's getting all this five-star talent and not doing a lot with them, and then guys are transferring out and stuff. Now, we'll see maybe in two, three years with these five-stars develop more, but a lot of these guys just aren't patient enough to stick around for their third year. They want to play first, second year. So A&M, to me, is a surprise kind of how bad they've been. Um, they have yeah. been. So I agree, Tyler. Yeah. We'll have to see what happens. I'm going to go. The, I'm not going to be a homer. Florida State has looked better than I thought they would. I I did not think they were going to be good at all again once this year. They've been bad four years in a row. They haven't made a bowl game. And they've looked sharp. And they made Miami look like fools the other night. And I just got to give them credit. Yeah, My yes, next door neighbor is a big Seminoles fan. And we trash talk. But I just had to tip my hat and be like, yeah. You guys look much better. So uh, there's my non. That was a tough day for you. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. We're just looking at our recruiting class at this point. So all right, NFL. <laughs> Halfway through the season, biggest surprise, good or bad? Uh, good surprise. I mean, look at the Eagles. I mean, Eagles. Jalen Hurts, man, and the Eagles. I mean, I'm sold on them. I mean, me personally, I'm sold on the Eagles. I'm all in, baby. I think they're great. They look really, really good. I mean, the other one is, I mean, the, I mean, Geno Smith. I mean, what is, yeah. I mean, what have, how about Seattle? And, you Man. know, that goes with Russell Wilson. I mean, what was he doing on that team last year? I mean, this team didn't add a many pieces and they add Geno Smith, take Russell Wilson away. And you see the struggles in Denver. I'd much rather talk about what's going on with Russell Wilson. I mean, I hear there's yeah. things that people don't like him in the locker room. I mean, it's true, but. Take airplane. nothing away from Gino. He is balling out out there yeah. in Seattle. Looking what, great doing it. How old is he? 30, 30 or so? 30, yeah. 32? Yeah. I mean, he... It'd be nice for him to get a chip, too. I would I would not be oh, unhappy with that. It's one of those, like, it's it's like the Jazz. Like, they were like, we're going to rebuild. We're going to take picks and young players and all this, and we're just going to bring in a, you know, placeholder QB, and he's balling out, and they lead the, comp- the division right now. And so... Uh, you know, good for him. I think it's it it speaks to some guys just take longer to develop. I think it also could just speak to it's a flash in the pan, kind of like Case Keenan with the Vikings a few years ago when yep. they had the Minneapolis Miracle. Like one good season with perfect conditions, and he may not be able to replicate it. I don't think he's going to be extended. I, I but I agree, it's it's awesome to see Gino uh, succeeding where he is now. Um, for me, and and this is going to go right into our topic. It's I know again, big Vikings fan here, but how poorly Aaron Rodgers has looked and the Packers have looked and they just lost to the one in six now two and six lions they're other than the Vikings they all have six losses in the com in the division and uh it's just they just have not looked good and he seems disinterested you know it was Devontae Adams that big a deal like because because we've I seen receivers what we've seen receivers go yeah they've not done nothing for him nothing like they've given him no help but here's what i'll say like every year we were like oh he lost jennings he lost um another tight end yeah Yeah. i mean he's lost a lot of receivers every year every year they've lost uh you know who their stud receiver was and everyone's like they'll be fine but for some reason this Devonte adams one uh seems to have hit and and i don't know if it's so much losing him or if rogers just doesn't he just seems so disinterested right now and just just doesn't want to be there and yet they signed with this massive four-year deal and they're stuck with this contract and dead money if he decides to you know they, he doesn't want to be there anymore find a way to get him receivers i mean you haven't since he's been there you've wasted most of his career at this point you should go out and try to put all chips in for the last three years Get some offensive weapons for him. And I don't care what you have to do. I mean, because eventually, I mean, he's been playing Superman, but at some point you've got to surround him with weapons. He does need help. Eventually age catches up. The NFL catches up. Coaching scheme catches up. Whatever it may be, life catches up to you. You still need help around you eventually. And this is one of those years he could really use some help around him. Because really, if you're looking at it, I mean, his receivers are not helping themselves. All the drop balls that, that they're doing. I mean, there's been so many drop passes. 
and he gets frustrated with that. So, I yeah, mean, I mean, you know, they, he's kind of disinterested too. But that's true. But it, I watched that Lions game, the the Lions Packers game on Sunday, and like he had three interceptions, two of them in the in the end zone, one at like the three yard line. I mean, it was like basically all very uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic. But the they just the passes, forget even weapons. Like he threw one that went off a dude's helmet. He he threw mm-hmm. one that like a lob up that he is such an easy throw for him. And he was four yards short on the, on the throw. It got picked off real easy. It, it wasn't even close. And so, well, do you it, think he's overcompensating? I for think, not having receivers. He's trying too hard. Sometimes that happens. I think he's getting old. He's 38 or something. And I think we, yeah. I think we've been spoiled. I heard someone, I don't remember who said this, but like Tom Brady has made people think like it's normal to play into your forties. And most quarterbacks fall off. They lose their arm. They're just not as athletic. They get hurt easier. They get tired easier. And I think he's just, he's been around for 17 years uh, in the NFL. So he's. So you're closing the book on Aaron? Uh, I'm getting close to closing the book on Aaron. I don't know yet. I don't, all I know is the Vikings basically have like a five game lead with the tiebreaker on all three division opponents and that makes me happy but let this this is a perfect segue into today's topic the main event definitely a vikings homer here but i will do my very best to remain as objective as possible we just talked about thank you tyler uh, yeah we talked about the packers and aaron Rodgers, and they haven't looked up to their standards over the last decade plus but but he's been very good since, uh, you know, taking over the quarterback role pretty much since about 2009, a little beforehand. But he really started taking off about 2009, much to the agony of us Minnesota fans who had to endure Brett Favre. <laughs> and then we had to deal with Aaron Rodgers for the last 13 years. And in his time at Green Bay, he's won a Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, four regular season MVP awards and eight NFC title, NFC North titles. Uh, and we all know the 2005 NFL draft story where he sat in the green room, kept tumbling down the draft board, kept tumbling down until the Packers took him out at number 24 overall, when a lot of people thought he might even go number one overall. Uh, at one point, 40, someone in the 49ers organization told him he would be their pick. Obviously, that's not what happened. So what we want to ask today is, what if San Francisco actually had drafted Aaron Rodgers number one overall? He's a California kid, went to school at Cal would have been a perfect fit. He wanted to be a 49er. That was like his dream. Uh, how different would his career look? How different would Smith's career look? How different would the Packers look or the entire NFL? Let's replay the down. You know, this is uh, one that if you're an NFL fan and you are a fan of the offseason and the NFL, Tyler, you really have it burned in your memory that shot of him just sitting in the green room. They kept cutting to him and he was so mad that he and, and just upset, it's humiliating. disappointed too. Yeah. But, you know, Rogers is is used to adversity. He's used to not getting pick first yeah i mean that's the the whole thing with aaron Rodgers. he was undersized in high school right in high school he put up huge numbers some of the best in the state and nobody would give him a chance so what do you have to do didn't wasn't recruited at all none no college yeah. no college yeah. would touch him nobody wanted him put up all yeah. these great numbers because he was undersized though nobody would touch him and then so he had you know somebody did take a chance on him one of the local um, community colleges he played there a year again had a growth spurt, you know, and after the growth spurt, he became, you know, the, the prototypical height that you're looking for back then. And he started slinging the ball. And then, you know, from there, he gets uh, picked up in college, goes to Cal. They still doubted him there. So he had to continuously to prove himself. And so then when he gets to the NFL draft, you think this is his big moment. What happens again? Everybody's doubting him. Nobody get, wants to give him a chance. And he slips all the way down the draft board famously to the pick 24. What would happen if this is one time in his career that he wasn't overlooked? What if this time that, you know, he actually went where everybody thought he should go, you know, staying in state, 
going to uh, the 49ers have leg- legendary history with quarterbacks. I mean, that would be an incredible story because if we think back to the 49ers, I mean, they were in disarray at that point. I mean, you know, they had just hired on, I believe it was Mike Nolan, right? And they mm-hmm. had Norv Turner, I'm pretty sure, as uh, uh, as the offensive coordinator. Um, or was it Mike McCarthy? It was, it was actually Ma- it Mike was McCar- McCarthy. It was McCarthy. Yeah, That's it was Mike the Ma- thing. Yeah. <laughs> Mike McCarthy. So you would later coach Aaron Go on Rogers. to coach Rodgers in Green Bay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we know all about that. And, you know, he would have had Mike McCarthy there. Nolan, and there was no quarterback like Brett Favre in front of him there. Where it kind of gets difficult is because we don't know how much Aaron Rodgers actually learned sitting behind Favre. Although mm-hmm. we famously know that Favre said, you know, I don't get paid to teach you, kid. Yep. You know, <laughs> so we know that he wasn't, you know, that much help uh, away from the field. But how much do you pick up from being around a legend? Because no matter what Brett Favre's scandals are this day, he was a legend <laughs> oh and is a great, I know, and is a great uh, all-time quarterback and a gunslinger. I mean, he really was your prototypical gunslinger. He would always yeah. take the chance. So I don't know how much I mean Aaron Rodgers got from that, but I mean, he was great I, I, at Cal. Here, here's my question though, like sitting behind what he said about three years behind Favre before yes. he he took over. Like, I thought he was going to throw Favre out of the building. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I look at that and I go, how many guys are thrown into the fire today and they're not ready? I mean, you get your Joe Burrows, you get your Justin Herberts that they can play pretty well pretty quickly. But most guys. Cam Newton. I mean, we just talked about, we talked about Geno. Like, it's been 10 years for him. Now, obviously, that's not, yep. most people aren't going to do well. I think that's an anomaly. <laughs> but, like, do more guys have success? sitting for a couple of years or starting right away because the NFL's trended more to you're thrown into the fire as you know over the recent so kind of kind of um you know it kind of mucks up the stats and looking at cuz historically as you remember you always you never would play a QB right away i mean that's yeah. historically you always wanted them to sit for a year um you know that's what you want to do and you always knew i mean look at Peyton Manning most quarterbacks don't come on to year three, four anyway. I mean, even yeah. Peyton Manning, one of the, you know, Tom Brady, even though he took him to the Super Bowl, he didn't start looking like Tom Brady we know now until three, year three or four. And even so, so that was his second year, not his start. He didn't start his rookie year. But yeah, I mean, Peyton Manning, yep. you think like he he threw how many 20 something interceptions his rookie year? Yes. And it, it led to, the, to the, our favorite soundbite playoffs. So it just, it, it just, even the best can struggle again when you're going from college talent to NFL talent. You know, I've heard I've heard people say, "Do you know how many NFL players that Alabama has? They could beat the Lions." And I say, "You know how many NFL players the Lions have? A full roster of NFL players." <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Tyler. Exactly. I mean, but they had a good team. I mean, if you remember back, I mean, they had a a pretty good team. I mean, they had. Uh, decent wide receivers. Uh, they had Frank Gore at the time in Barlow, I remember. And, you know, they had a decent offensive line and their, you know, decent defensive line. Yeah. But they still went, what? It was like four wins, I think. Four and 12. Well, Mike, for, yeah, four and 12 Alex Smith's rookie year. I mean, you know, do you think uh, Aaron Rodgers was put into that situation and miraculously they go to the playoffs? I don't the first year. I think, you know, they probably, you know, that first year, it ends up with a couple more wins maybe because let's not kid ourselves. Rodgers is a better quarterback than Alex Smith by a lot. So, I mean, that's good for at least a couple of wins. But the second year when they still were not good, the 49ers, I mean, they were 7-9, and nine, you know, in the second, the second year, Alex Smith, um, that 2006 season, right? And so in that 2006 season, at seven and nine, that's where I think that you start saying Aaron Rodgers probably could have got him over the hump, got him another two or three games, got him into the playoffs that year, you know. And then you know who knows what happens when you get in the playoffs. And from there, does Mike Nolan stay? You know who who ends up being? Uh, I mean, did Mike McCarthy end up staying? I mean, you know yeah. what ends up happening there? So I, you know, if they stays on the 49ers, I mean, year two, I think there's an improvement. What do you think? I mean, I it's. The way things fell, that Mike McCarthy would have been his offensive coordinator in San Francisco his rookie year because it was 2006 McCarthy got the Green Bay job. So, um, 
it, the way that fell is just really interesting because he did have success with McCarthy and in Green Bay and went on to win a Super Bowl. And so, like, could he have done that? I mean, North Turner's a veteran coach because he came in after McCarthy. Two totally left. different systems, though. Two two totally different systems, absolutely. But still, I mean, McCarthy's good... more West Coast, more more an air raid offense by. North Turner. I think Aaron Rodgers is a smart enough guy that he could have probably adjusted to whatever system. I think he's a good enough quarterback and he's a smart guy. Like you don't you don't become that good and win what 39 games the last three years like they have here, you know, you know even at a later age. Unless Yeah, but no stability, Tyler. Really smart. In it, no stability at the beginning of your career. That can sometimes hinder you. Having to learn a whole nother system sure. in offense. So what's what's worse, less stability or having guys like Brett Favre trying to sabotage <laughs> you? Probably <laughs> not that I, I know that imagine. actually happened, but I I know he didn't. Favre was not a fan. Just like I mean, how the tables have turned. They drafted Jordan Love before he, he Aaron Rodgers was ready to move on, and they drafted Aaron Rodgers before Favre was ready to move on. And so it's it's interesting how that that worked out. But I think I look at like LeBron in Cleveland, like he's the hometown guy. Uh, Derek Rose in Chicago, but unfortunately the injury happened, so we don't really get to see what happened there. But I think there's something to be said about wanting to thrive and being comfortable in your home environment and being where you like and and having now the, the big difference is he apparently has a very not close relationship with his family off the field. Like he doesn't talk to his parents from what I understand. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) But from what I understand, like, so I don't know what kind of family being home, if that would have helped him or hindered him, or if that would have helped his, his off field relationships. But it's funny. Like you go back and look at some of the, like, like Ron Jaworski was, I mean, he was like, Alex Smith, clearly the better pick. He was so far, he's so far and away better. He's going to have a much better career. Aaron Rodgers, he's got this weird ball placement holding the ball high and and all this stuff. And it's just like, it just goes to show like no one has a clue how these guys are going to be. Like very few people can judge a quarterback accurately. How many NFL GMs do not know how to draft uh, a quarterback? So, you know, they look at weird things and, and certain athletic attributes and where they hold the ball and, and whatnot. And it's just like, just can the guy ball and a lot of people thought alex smith was the better pick and so i i do think in the long run i think aaron Rodgers probably was you know we talk about this almost every episode the nature versus nurture i do think aaron Rodgers was probably talented enough eventually and smart enough to to ball would he have gone on to win as many mvps as he had would he have have uh, won a Super Bowl? I think he probably could have, um, especially oh, if Jim definitely Har- in forty nine. Especially if Jim Harbaugh would have come in still eventually, if he sat a year or two, if if or if they struggled the first couple of years and they still brought Jim Harbaugh in. Jim Harbaugh, I mean, look what he did with Colin Kaepernick. Like he he knows how to get the most out of his quarterbacks, and I think he probably would have gotten the most out of Aaron Rodgers as well. And he doesn't and, ask his quarterbacks to do too much, though, Tyler. Yeah, That's the thing yeah. with Jim Harbaugh. He, he's not putting the whole team on their shoulders. But, I mean, I, I mean, Ian, to your point, I mean, Mike Nolan, how, who knows how that would have panned out. Yeah. But I do believe they would have gone to the playoffs that second year. Playoffs? And maybe even the third year. <laughs> when it is many MVPs. I, you know, that's a hard one to say. I mean, but I do believe he would get at least one Super Bowl. And yeah. I've got to believe 49ers would surround him with more weapons. I mean, you know, you're talking about Vernon Davis and all that. I mean, they, they would have definitely surrounded him with more weapons, you would think. I mean, Packers have done Rodgers no favors over the years in getting him weapons, going to go get him in free agency or the draft. And I think the 49ers could have done a better job of that. So. I think it's I quite possible that, I could hope more MVPs. I don't know that I agree with that. I mean, I think the, the Packers have done a good job finding receivers throughout the draft. Middle, Like, Jordy Nelson was such a good player under him. Like, you know, Randall Cobb. You know, they, there's been these but guys they, that have... they've missed so many all-star oh, wide receivers they could have got. They sure. could have gotten some in the first round, and they refused to do it. Sure. Refused. No, but that doesn't mean they haven't had... I mean, he. I think part of that is Aaron Rodgers has, just as Tom Brady has, has made a lot of guys look better than they have, and, and maybe it's finally caught up to him this year in his older But even age, Bill he, Belichick he got it. him Ocho Cinco and Randy Moss, <laughs> and maybe they're not in their prime, but I mean, he would still go out Randy, and get them Randy receivers, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, 
you know, he would still get him help, and he would draft wide receivers high too. Yeah. I mean, you got to at least try. And, and you, how much faith did that show in Aaron Rodgers year after year? Yeah, it says, "Oh, we believe in you and your arm," but it doesn't say, "Hey, you know, we believe, you know, we want to help you as well." And yet he stayed. He's been loyal to that team, and they never reward him. So my point is, I think 49ers could have done a better job. They'd have probably draft people higher up in the draft, maybe even free agency, and. Could possibly, I mean, MVP wise, I think he had got, you know, he could have gotten close to what he got, and maybe even another Super Bowl. I think you probably would eventually have the same issues. You would have needed to get him help in in San Francisco. You would have needed to get him some good wide receivers, and, mm-hmm. and I mean, he, you said they drafted Frank Gore that year in the third round, so um, it's really interesting. So I was actually watching a, a NFL Films uh, documentary on the 2005 draft and kind of how it all fell, and Mike Nolan. Uh, they interviewed Mike Nolan, and, and he said, you know, we actually, as Rodgers tumbled, we said, what if he's there in the second round? Because I think they had a topic in the second round. Uh, and, and, and he said, we actually talked about taking both. I mean, what would have happened there if you had Aaron Rodgers and Alex Smith? I mean, would you, would you ever spend – I mean, I know the Redskins took Robert Griffin and then uh, Kirk Cousins, but I think he was in the fourth round, maybe, or third or fourth round. But to take your first two picks, how do you think that would have played out? Do you think, you know, cream rises to the top or it just all implodes because they're just competing so much? I mean, do you, I mean, is that a good situation? I don't think I've ever seen a team pick two quarterbacks top of the, you know, high in the draft, same year. I don't even, can't even imagine that, how successful that would be. I mean, I, I, you know, if you weren't sold on Rodgers to be the number one pick, I mean, how you know? How could you even justify taking him later? And how would he, I mean? How would he respond to being picked on the same team? Although he probably knowing you know seeing Aaron Rodgers' career, he'd taken as another challenge yeah. and found a way to beat him out, knowing Aaron Rodgers, you yeah. know, and seeing how he's competed all his career. But that wouldn't have been good for the organization or anybody. I mean, unless you had Bill Belichick, who will find some way to make still make Alex Smith or Aaron Rodgers, who they they didn't go with, into gold and get like ten picks for him or something later on. <laughs> Outside of that, I mean, I, I don't see how it would be beneficial, Tyler. I want to take uh, a different uh, perspective on this. Let's look at this whole thing from a different angle. So Rodgers goes to the 49ers, which means Alex Smith obviously doesn't. So. Does he tumble to Green Bay? No, no, I don't think he does because uh, there's a lot of, of reports out there. If, if you do your research, Nick Saban, who had just been hired by the Dolphins, loved Alex Smith. He wanted him number two overall. He was hoping he would drop to number two overall. So in this scenario, Alex Smith goes to the Dolphins. How does his career look different? You know, I look at that roster. The Dolphins QBs were 34-year-old Gus Farratt, AJ Feely, and Sage Rosenfels, you know, just a just a, a, a stud roster, real winners group there, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. But you look at the supporting cast. You know, again, if he's not starting right away, Gus Farrat starts, you know, for a year, uh, and and Alex Smith's maybe backup or even number three, and then comes in his second year. But that 2005 season, you had Ricky Williams coming back, 28 years old. He had he had retired for a year, and then he came back. Uh, so 28-year-old... He got tired of weed. Yes, 28-year-old Ricky Williams. <laughs> you had 27-year-old wide receiver Chris Chambers, who was really in his prime, who was a very good receiver, and 29-year-old Marty Booker. So all these guys kind of still young in their prime. Uh, 26-year-old tight end Randy McMichael. You had Scott Linehan as the offensive coordinator right before he would go on to be the head coach of the Rams. Really good talent there. How much better would Alex Smith, do you think, look with that kind of talent uh you know you're trying to play on my whole i like nick saban thing i get you <laughs> i know and look i am a nick saban guy i do like nick saban said it many times but i mean it's still alex smith right i mean i mean he's known for developing talent but he's not a qb whisperer nick saban no i mean he would not have put um but i mean even nolan tried to uh, ins- uh, you know insulate alex smith they didn't put too much on his shoulders I mean, I don't think it would help Alex Smith much more or Nick Saban because I think at that t- at that point in time he was probably going to start fielding calls after that first season anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, just seeing what was out there because I think he knew pretty much right away after one season this is not all it's cut out to be, and 
I think the biggest thing there, like we talked about, was probably if Drew Brees would have went something instant success because Alex Smith wouldn't have had Nick Saban for a long time because Nick, Alex Smith still wasn't that great of a quarterback, and I don't think he could have got him over the hump enough to keep Nick Saban in a job. So, you know, I that, mean, I, after I, he left, who would have picked him up? Yeah, I mean, I think you look at Alex Smith. I, I'm going to disagree because I think the talent that was there, he had a strong running back, established running back, who balled before his his early retirement, before coming back. He had a really good running back there. He had good receivers, good tight end, like really good. Um, I think that type of talent around him that's a little more established, that's not growing with him, I think makes a big difference. Alex Smith didn't have a bad career. He he wasn't Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but he uh, he had, you know, eventually became kind of a Jimmy Garoppolo type of star, you know, before Kaepernick then took over was traded to the Chiefs, was playing really well with them until all of a sudden Mahomes showed up. And then he went to Washington and had this this really bad knee injury. But um, he had a good career. So I think if you put those pieces around him, you put a, a coach with like Saban. I think if, if Saban, you know, you talk about Drew Brees and then if he would have stuck around if he got Drew Brees. I think if he was able to draft his guy, at the number two overall pick, um, his first round pick, his hand pick guy that he loved apparently, I think he probably sticks around longer than those two years because he wants to at least give that first rookie contract a shot. Uh, now rookie contracts were very different then; they didn't have the, the rookie uh, scale then, the rookie contract scale yep. then. So, so you had a big contract for for these quarterbacks. But I think if he was able to get his quarterback. With the, with the talent around him and his ability, as you've discussed in the past, to build defense, I think he could have been much more successful with Saban and for at least four or five years to see how that, that goes. And then and how does that, it, Saban doesn't leave, how does that affect all of college football at that point? I mean, if this goes right back to our very first and second episodes about <laughs> Nick Saban. So if you haven't heard that, Make sure to check that out. We discuss this much more in depth. But I think Alex Smith absolutely could have had a better career with Chris Chambers and Marty Booker, McMichael, and and uh, Ricky Williams until he obviously got suspended another year for substance abuse. So, um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I I I think he probably has a better career. Um, let's let's pivot to the team Aaron Rodgers did end up with though. <laughs> Green Bay Packers, one of the luckiest teams. They didn't have someone fall five spots or eight spots. They had a guy fall to the 24th pick. <laughs> and I mean, they had the heir apparent to Favre right there. So if if Rodgers goes to the 49ers and then Alex Smith goes to the Dolphins in this scenario, what do the Packers do? You know, Jason Campbell was picked by Washington right after the pick right after Packers took Rodgers. So do they take Jason Campbell out of Auburn? Do they just say Rodgers was the only guy we would have drafted at QB and if he was there and we weren't interested in QB otherwise? Or do they take a chance? I think they probably, a lot of mock drafts, if you go back and look, had them drafting defense. Uh, most of them had them drafting defense. So I think they probably don't draft a, a quarterback there. So the question is then, how much longer does Brett Favre play in Green Bay? And what does that do to the whole league basically because you think Favre ended up playing another year or two or three went to the jets because they were ready to move on from him and then he went yep. to the vikings which had this magical season in 2009 until he decided to try to be the hero and throw an interception in the nfc <laughs> nfc championship game instead of running very for a first bra- down. Brett Favre fashion uh, another way <laughs> Brett, so Favre, Brett Favre. <laughs> another way Brett Favre just had to bring agony to those Vikings fans. So so you have that. So like you think if if Favre stays there, he's he obviously wasn't ready to hang it up. He's there another six years. The Vikings have to maybe draft a quarterback. Who do they draft? Um, you know, do when do the Packers decide they want to draft a replacement? Is it that year? Is it the next year? Is it three years from then when he just announces his retirement? Well, Brett Favre was still a good quarterback after they drafted Aaron Rodgers, but they 
also knew time was catching up with him. As you talked about earlier, QBs don't last that long normally, unlike Tom Brady. So Brett Favre, though, was still doing good. As far as them picking a quarterback, they would have not picked a quarterback in that draft. They'd probably, like you said, went defense that year. There were some good players on the board, and they would have just rode Brett Favre out. How long would they have gotten? Well, Brett Favre got to what, 2009, wasn't it? 2009 with the Vikings, yeah. So you're talking about five more years, Tyler. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of years. So they could have rode uh, Brett Favre for five more years. And, you know, Mike McCarthy – you know, was coming in and then the, the year later, if he still comes in, which I still mm-hmm. think, because I think irregardless of quarterback in San Francisco, he was leaving for a head coach job and, and, and he would have come. So, I mean, you have Mike McCarthy there. I mean, there's a good chance that Mike McCarthy, you know, with Brett Favre somewhere in 2008, 2009, could have possibly gotten a Super Bowl or gotten to the Super Bowl with Favre, yeah. um, especially with how, how they were doing and what they do after that. I mean, it would have been a mess trying to find another quarterback at that point, unless they got lucky again, which the chances of that happening for any team is slim. I mean, it's hard to find one quarterback. I mean, I'm a Panthers fan. I I could tell you all (laughs) about it. I mean, we got Cam Newton, and we rode that horse until it didn't have anything left. And now we can't find a quarterback, and we have none. So it's very hard. And if you've got a quarterback, Brett Favre was a good quarterback, and they could have kept him. I mean, it would have changed. I think they could have possibly gotten to a Super Bowl over the next few years that Aaron Rodgers was there because he did do decent, like you said, um, even with the Vikings. So I think Brett Favre could have taken him somewhere, at least deep into the playoffs, maybe to a Super Bowl. I mean, if if you think, say they waited till the end of Favre's career instead of trying to jump too early. I mean, Favre, did. he almost took the Vikings to the Super Bowl, and I think they would have won that Super Bowl if he hadn't thrown that interception against the Saints. But uh, it, say they go 2010, Sam Bradford was the number one overall pick there. Now, obviously, they're probably not going to have the number one overall pick at that point. Um, so mm-hmm. what, what other QBs are there? Tim Tebow was taken 25th that year. Would would we have seen? I mean, it would have been like for me as a Miami Hurricane and a Vikings fan, like the ultimate hatred if Tim Tebow would have gone to the Packers. <laughs> you know, that's one guy. Uh, Jimmy Clausen. Did he end up a tight tight end? Oh man, didn't Tim Tebow end up as a tight end? <laughs> I think they tried him at tight end. He tried playing base, yeah, he yeah, tried yeah, play baseball. Yeah, but Jimmy Clausen was oh, drafted by Clawson. the Panthers in the second round. Thank you for Jimmy Clausen, by the way. That led to Cam Newton, <laughs> the great. Uh, heir apparent to Brett Favre, Tim Tebow. There you go. Number 25 <laughs> overall in 2010. Because that's probably about where they would have been drafting at that point. So, uh, boy, would that have been... You talk about, like, a media... Like, Green Bay's already a media darling and Tim Tebow's a media darling. Like, could you imagine... They would have loved him there. Could you imagine that? And the way the Green Bay would have worshipped him, they just would have... It, it, that would have been a whole other spectacle to watch. But they would have loved him. They would have taken him right in. I mean, (laughs) Tebow was all right. I mean, he was nothing special as a quarterback, hence why he didn't last in the league that long. Yeah. But I mean, uh, again, though, it would have still been a great media story and the fans probably in Green Bay would have loved him. Yeah. Everybody loved Tim Tebow at that time. I mean, everybody around the country, you know, it was not Tebow as hurricane mania. fans. <laughs> well, North Seminole all fans. you guys. North Seminole fans. <laughs> but I mean, Tebow was a, a lot of love there. I still don't think it would have been a good choice. I mean, they would have been in the dark ages now. We wouldn't have some of the the Vi- or the Packer moments that we think of now. They I mean, who knows where they would have gone with a quarterback, but And it would be beautiful. Again, they would have had Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> it would be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even for me, I mean, we've had to face, you know, uh, as Carolina fans, we've had to come up against Aaron Rodgers. It, you know, NFC would have been a lot different without Rodgers in it. I mean, what do you think about your Vikings? I mean, if you had, you didn't have Favre, and then, the, uh, you know, they didn't have it, what's the ripple for the Vikings? So the ripple I mean, what for would the you Vikings, guys end up doing? I mean, same thing. I'm looking at those same quarterbacks. Like, they were, we never were have been, I mean, I think the highest we drafted was four when we took Matt Khalil. Um, but we never drafted number one. So you're not talking to Sam Bradford. You're not talking probably a Cam Newton. You're looking maybe for some of those middle of the road, road quarterbacks. I mean, you know, maybe something to the level we got eventually with Teddy Bridgewater several years later. Um, it's, that was a shame about Teddy, by the way. Oh, man. I like Teddy. Teddy. Oh, man. It's just, it's just the whole thing with Teddy just was terrible. But 
Yeah, I mean the, the the whole trajectory of the NFC, particularly NFC North, changes. I think the Vikings have always shown like they're probably the number two team in the NFC North. Like the Bears occasionally pop up and take the division. The Lions have been wild card every now and then, but I don't think they've won a division since it's been the North um, instead of the NFC Central. Yeah. But I, and who knows? I don't even remember the last time they won. But I I think the Vikings win more division titles probably i don't think that green bay especially if they take someone like tebow like they're not gonna have that dominance they they struck gold twice with Favre and then aaron Rodgers, and i think for the first time they're starting to see what could look like some rough years maybe but um unless they lock into another quarterback and i just can't take it if they do uh <laughs> but but i think i think I mean, that you got vi- Justin Fields up there now. I mean, Justin Fields. I mean, for the next and they just six, got Chase. Seven, they just got Chase more. Chase Claypool from from Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, but yeah. I mean, you you look at that that the 2009 team. If Favre stays with the Packers, like Favre was the missing piece for the Vikings. Like they had built a legit defense. They had playmakers on offense. Um, you know, we had Adrian Peterson. We had we had Jared Allen on defense and the Williams Wall, which just stopped everybody on in the run i mean they were built ready to go championship and Favre came in and should have put them over the top um they were this close and so do we go find another quarterback um that we trade for potentially or do we stick with tavares jackson which just wasn't working at that point he was overdrafted so i don't know i i don't know who who would have been available trade at quarterbacks. I don't feel we're traded as often then starting caliber mm-hmm. quarterbacks like we see today. No. So we're looking at probably drafting a guy and the timing wouldn't have worked out with that ready-made team in 2009 that fell apart just one year later. It just, it just would have been missed opportunity again as it, as it was, we just, as Vikings fans just suffer. That's, that's for sure. That's the way we go. We <laughs> suffer. We're seven and one. No one believes in us. And we're probably going to lose in dramatic, painful fashion in the playoffs again. That's just the way our curse. I can see that <laughs> happening. I mean, I really can't. I mean, there are some good teams in the NFC and Seattle. I mean, Seattle's one I, and I Eagles mean, are the other one. So I'm not scared of Seattle. The Eagles, I think are obviously the favorite, but uh, oh, we'll man, see. The Eagles we just got TJ Hawkinson. And he had yes seven nine catches in his first game with three days of prep. So I'm I'm excited what he and Jefferson can do. So we'll see. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, drafting one guy like Aaron Rodgers like that can take the ripple effects that can have not just for a year or two years, yeah, coaching careers and and Hall of Fame and just Super Bowl victories. Like, what kind of impact does that have for? 15 20 years it's just amazing how one draft decision can change it all 100 tyler 100 thanks for joining us today you can follow us at replay the down on facebook twitter and instagram if you haven't subscribed yet make sure to hit that follow button and share it with your friends we want to hear from you what if the 49ers drafted aaron Rodgers instead of alex smith that's our show i'm tyler I'm waiting for the Panthers to draft C.J. Stroud. Number one overall, baby. C.J. Stroud? I thought you were on Mays. What is going on here? (laughs) Well, that's this year. Stroud is this year. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And join us next week as we replay the down.